Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast, the sex that you wish you got, and then some. Hello, Clitorati. Welcome to this week's episode of Clit Talk. Um, So this week's episode has a really cool backstory that I just wanted to share with all of you. We do a lot of Q&A episodes with our fans, and we were reaching out to our fans for questions, and I got a really interesting message from one of our fans named Coley on Instagram. She is an erotic novelist and was asking us about the fantasies episode that we had done, asking us how did it really feel to be in those fantasies, and she wanted to know because she was asexual. And that really piqued my interest, and I realized I don't really know what asexuality is, and um, so I got, I got really curious about it, and I actually went onto Instagram, and I did hashtag asexual to start to research it, because Instagram is where you research everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I found Yasmin, our guest today, and I was really just taken aback back by her profile and she had these really eloquent videos talking about it and I immediately within the first 15 minutes of being on your profile really felt way more educated on what this was and actually really found a sense of like passion behind it because I think it's it is a sexual orientation that is overlooked and misunderstood and you know really left out of the the whole LGBT then it ends, right? Um, and so we really just wanted to bring her on today to educate us and let us know. And if you ever meet someone who's asexual, like that you can be a bit more educated about it. Fast and loose top five. So where are you from? I'm from Reading, Berkshire in England. What do you call your pussy? <laughs> I don't really have a name for it. I've never really needed to like discuss it. Um, my grandma used to call them butterflies, which Aww. I think is quite cute. That's nice. <laughs> um, I've never heard that I've one before. I've never really called it anything, though. <laughs> if you could have sex with anyone in living or dead, who would it be? <laughs> um, well, being asexual is not at the top of my to-do list. Um, I know, I guess I could say good-looking people, like living <laughs> or dead. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I to think. Good... Good-looking dead people. <laughs> dead. <laughs> um, and there are loads of good-looking living people. I don't know. John Bernthal, who played Shane on The Walking Dead, he's pretty good-looking. Oh, Megan yeah. Fox? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> what turns you on? Uh, again, um, as an asexual person, I don't really have a good uh, way to say, I don't know, pleasure? I don't know. Mm. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you get turned mm-hmm. on from pleasure or is pleasure the result? I don't know. Mm. What's the most taboo thing to you? I don't know. Having sex with dead people? That's pretty taboo. <laughs> 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 
it's taboo. It's pretty taboo. We haven't gone that one before. <laughs> Absolutely. You you won. You won. <laughs> so, so this is great. We have a lot to learn just from our Fast and Loose Top 5 questions. Like, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say to us today because we clearly don't know anything about your lifestyle. And um, so can you tell us what asexuality is exactly? And is there some sort of spectrum to it? Uh, yeah. So look, first, can I clarify? I don't have sex with dead people. I'm just saying. <laughs> we know that. We know. That would be a bad thing to do. Um, Having sex with dead people has nothing to do with asexuality. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> just so everybody's yes, clear. Necrophilia it's totally necrophilia. different. That's the term. <laughs> Two totally don't separate wanna... episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to confuse any viewers by mentioning that now. Um <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, it's a spectrum. It is considered as being a sexual orientation um, or an absence of sexual orientation, depending on your perspective. Um, yeah, there's a, as it's a spectrum. So there are some people who are completely asexual, sort of like me. So I don't, ex- well, all asexual people don't really experience sexual attraction. Um or sexual desire towards other people. Some do a little bit, some don't at all. Um, some asexual people are still interested in romantic relationships, minus the sex. Some asexual people don't mind having sex, but it's not like, it's, they're not, it's not something they personally would go for. Some asexual people are repulsed by the very thought of sex, um, which isn't me, but some do. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot of different types of asexual people and your experiences can vary a lot just depending on your romantic orientation or your attitudes towards sex in general. Hopefully I answered that well. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I loved in one of the, one of your videos on your YouTube channel, I was watching and you said a very common response to when you tell people that you're asexual and you explain it a bit is they say to you, Oh well, when you find the right person, you'll get over it. And I and I thought and 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 you went into basically how you're like, well, there's nothing been in your childhood. This is really a truly a sexual orientation. I don't know if you can you 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 can probably say it much more eloquently than I can, but I thought it was super fascinating. Yeah, I do. I think it's funny when people always use the line of, "Oh, you just haven't met the right person yet," because people aren't only attracted to their soulmate. Like, if that was how the world worked, I think this society would be a very different place if people were only attracted to one special person. Like, that's not how it works. You don't have to meet your soulmate to think, oh, that person is sexually attractive. And it's not like I only hang out with ugly, horrible people. So it's like, yeah. I, like, it's like there have been opportunities. There are perfectly good people around, but I, it doesn't matter who you are or how you are if you're not if your orientation doesn't go that way, it doesn't go that way. Um, and yeah, it definitely has nothing to do with any childhood trauma or anything like that. I think people try and like pathologize it, but like people should just literally think of it the same way as they think of homosexuality or heterosexuality or bisexuality or anything else. It's just how it turns out. (laughs) Not optional. (laughs) How did you know or discover that you were asexual? Was there a moment where you read something or you were questioning it, but you knew that you were kind of different, right? When you were growing up, when people would talk about it, you just didn't have interest in it. But how did you really discover it? 
It's, yeah, it's funny because, like, with asexuality, unlike some of the other ones, you don't really have, like, a big, like, oh, right, moment because you're, it, it's like you're trying to detect something that isn't there rather than something that is there. So it's kind of like a lack of moments that makes you think, okay, maybe something's different. Like, I only noticed that I was asexual when the people I knew noticed that they weren't asexual. You know, when everyone reaches that age where... I don't know, boys and girls don't just play together. They start dating each other. They start fancying each other and all those things. And I just remember thinking, ah, okay, this is weird. But I assume it'll happen to me at some point. And then it just never kicked in. And it didn't bother me, but I did think, okay, I'll make note of this (laughs) for future reference. And then, yeah, it just kind of never changed. And then other people started to notice the things I wasn't doing or wasn't saying. And that kind of encouraged me to have to think about it more because other people kept bringing it up. And then it took until someone asked me specifically what my orientation was. And I was like, I don't know, I guess I'm straight or something. And they were like, but are you attracted to men? And I was like, no. And they're like, why are you attracted to women? And I was like, well, no. And they were like, well, then maybe you're like asexual or something. And I was like, oh, okay, let me Google that. And when I did, <laughs> I realized there are so many people who have you literally took the words out of my mouth. Like our experiences are exactly the same, which is a very weird thing to have <laughs> with complete strangers on the internet. So I was like, okay, well, there's obviously a pattern here and this is obviously a thing. And so I discovered the word. Did you, did you discover it before dating age or did you ever try to date and, and be like, oh, this didn't work? Or did you just literally avoid the whole dating thing altogether? Well, I was actually, well, I was nine. So I kind of, I worked it out a lot earlier than a lot of other people do. And because I was always such like a nonconformist anyway, I never felt like, oh, I need to try and fix this problem. I was just like, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't really care that I'm not feeling that. So I just kind of continued my life doing whatever I wanted and not doing what other people were doing. And so I literally never had that like awkward dating phase or like an awkward experimenting phase because I just kind of I always knew what I didn't want to do when we're talking about you know bisexual you know transgender gay there's a lot of moments in in people with those sexual orientations where they do have sort of this coming out and they tell their families and their friends did you have a like a coming out moment did you like how did your family react were they like yeah like I have a lot of gay friends who are like their mom's like yeah I always knew that already or like what was that is do asexual people have a coming out or is it not like that I mean it's harder to come out as asexual because no one knows what you're talking about so like if you could say oh hi I'm gay people know what that means but you say I'm asexual no one knows what you're talking about so it doesn't really have that much of a reaction it usually just means that people try to explain yourself to you and tell you why that can't possibly be the case Like, no one knows what asexuality is, but they still have a strong opinion on it. So for me, I didn't have to come out to my mom because it was kind of obvious. Um, (laughs) I just kind of told her there was a word for it. And then it was like, okay. And then that was kind of it. Um, I've tried to come out a lot of times. It never works because no one believes me. So (laughs) I kind of gave up doing it. Because I, I'm just so bored of people being like, oh, no, you're not. It's just this. It's just that. You'll do this, and then this will happen, and this will change. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered to do this. Um, I tried coming out to my dad, and my dad asked me if I was a pedophile or if I was sexually attracted to inanimate objects, because apparently that makes more sense than thinking that someone doesn't experience sexual attraction at all. 
So I was like, yeah, we're not having this. We're not continuing this conversation. Oh, wow. But to this day, he probably still doesn't believe me for all I know. Right. So you said that it was obvious when you told your mom, it was obvious to her that you were asexual. And was that because you had never been in a relationship or how was it so obvious to her? I mean, she was nine. Well, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, you're nine. Of course she's not been in a relationship. She knew there was a word and she knew that it was a thing, but it was kind of like I had literally been the same way forever. So when I said like, oh, this is like, I don't think like we never had to have that proper conversation because it was just like, like, it would be weird if I started doing it. Like she didn't really care about me not being straight or not being this or not being that. I was, I'm a well-behaved kid who always got good grades and minded my own business. So it was never really a problem what I was. I don't think she would have cared if I said I was gay either. So, so yeah, I know we never really had to have like a proper conversation about it, but now it's just like common knowledge. And she knows, and she knows about the activism I'm doing, and she thinks it's cool, and it's not really like a notable point. I like that you said that when you were nine, you, it didn't really bother you when you figured it out, and that I don't yeah. hear a lot of shame around it, and that you actually had, you know, one parent that was really supportive of this process for you. And I know we've talked about being gay or being straight or bi or whatever that is, but... What about like just with yourself? Did you ever have urges where you wanted to touch yourself or masturbate or give yourself some self-pleasure? Yeah, that was always like instinctive for me. I did that before I knew what sex was. So that was never like, I didn't even think of that as being part of the equation. It's just a way to kill time, really. So I never really thought of that as a symptom of like I've always said, like, it's not that I don't have a sexuality. It's not that I don't have hormones. It's not that my body doesn't work. It's just not directed at anybody. So it's like I, I could satisfy myself. I've never, like, I don't need anyone else involved. I've never wanted anyone else involved or to do anything with me. So, so yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I mean, there are some asexual people who do not do that, but I've never been one of those people. <laughs> Hey there, Clitorati, it's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. This episode of Clit Talk is sponsored by Bjork Manor. If you're recently engaged and searching for the perfect wedding venue or just looking to host a fabulous event, be sure to check out the York Manor, a gorgeous event space in the trendy neighborhood of Highland Park, Los Angeles. The York Manor, M-A-N-O-R dot com. And tell them Clit Talks sent you. You know, if I may, uh, this might be really blunt to ask, but have you ever had sex? No. <laughs> Okay. No one believes me when I say that, though, but that is the actual answer. 
I mean, I wouldn't believe you because you're drop dead gorgeous, and I don't know how you could go out in public and not get hit on by like every other person. Oh, I get hit on. <laughs> I would say no. Well, and here, here, here's the other twist, right? She's a lingerie model, a professional lingerie model as well. Yeah. So that that's why I want to ask: Are there other like do you do tech? Do typically asexual people find other sexual expressions in their lifestyle instead of? being with a partner like you're a lingerie model and the fan who wrote into us is an erotic novelist that's true yeah so right. is is do you just like find I mean, it outside so that it's more self-fulfilling the only thing that we just kind of aren't really into is the actual sexual attraction towards other people part i mean i don't really see lingerie modeling as being sexual just because it's like it's just one of many genres i end up doing because brands want me to do it mm-hmm. um if my boobs were smaller, then I probably wouldn't get those bookings, but they aren't, so that's what I get. Typecasting. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Um, and I, I don't say no because the lingerie is cute. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know asexual people who are into like kinks, who have kinks, and they're into like BDSM and stuff, even though they're asexual, which was at one point I was like, how does that work? But that's a, not that much of an uncommon thing. So. Yeah, I mean, again, some people write erotica. I know some asexual people review sex toys and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it it can vary depending. But I think the one thing we have in common is not experiencing sexual attraction towards other people. That's so interesting. You know, we've done quite a few episodes now and a couple of seasons. And I think what we've all learned is that sexuality is super fluid, and there's different times in your life and different hormones. I mean, even some of our own click crew have found other sides of them through this process and have changed in some <laughs> ways. And I'm wondering, in, in kind of your knowing about the community and other people, I'm sure you've talked to other people, right? Other asexual people. Do, do people at some point like to be in partnerships? Or like to have sex with somebody and maybe go back to asexual? Is there fluidity in it or pretty much across the board it's throughout your entire life? I mean, I guess it kind of depends. I mean, I don't think it would be statistically any more fluid than any other sexuality. Um, I don't think it would be any more fluid than a gay person, like a gay man falling in love with a woman or something. Um, Based on, I mean, I've met asexual people who are in their 50s. I've met asexual people who are like 14. Um... I know asexual people who are married to other asexual people. Um, I know asexual people who are in relationships with people who aren't asexual, and they just view sex as being like, I don't know, like washing the dishes. It's like, it's not at the top of my list of things to do, but it's not that well. <laughs> Some sexual people know. feel that way sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that way too sometimes. <laughs> Gotta take out the trash, honey. Let's right. go. I want to... I want to go back to to something you had kind of briefly mentioned, your father's reaction. And I'm sure that within the asexual community, there's people get a combination of different reactions. And it's got to be so frustrating. How does it, how frustrating is it? And how does it feel when literally it's almost negated who you are and what you're trying to explain to somebody? And what can, us as a community and a generation of people really working to shift this conversation. So I guess my first question is, how frustrating is that? Second of all, 
what can we do and how, what is a, the respectful, you know, what would a good, how would a good friend react, right? Like if one of our friends comes to us and says they're asexual, what's, what's the good way to react to that, that lets them know that they're supported and taken care of. So for some of our listeners who may have an asexual friend, they can maybe clean this conversation up with them. Well, I think for the third question, it is the thing that's most frustrating about it. It's not that people don't know what it is. It's not if someone's like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm like, okay, whatever. That doesn't change anything for me. It's when people make assumptions about what you must be instead. That's what I find annoying because if I say I'm asexual and you assume I'm a pedophile, that's not a good association. No. no. It's not good for people to think that you're a narcissist. Or for people to think, oh, well, you probably just got molested by your uncle. And I'm like, that's, again, that didn't happen either. So that's not a good thing to go around assuming about somebody. So, yeah, those are the things that kind of annoy me more. People are very quick to, like, assume, just be like, oh, okay, well, you're just mentally ill. Or, oh, well, you should go to a doctor and get a pill for that. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. Even though I've, like, I've never acted straight or acted sexual so you think that it would be very easy for people to believe that I'm asexual, but I have people who've known me for ages. They've never seen me express an interest in that, and they still can't believe it. So, <laughs> it's got to be yeah. so frustrating. So, yeah. <laughs> it is, and I'm just like, like I always say, if I've told you once, I'm not telling you twice. That's my rule. So even like I have people who just assume I'm gay. I'm like, whatever, you can buy me rainbow flags and stuff. I don't care. <laughs> If you're gonna keep, if you think I'm gay and you're just wondering why I haven't got a girlfriend yet, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna explain what this is because I've already done that. Um, yeah, I think, and it's funny because all people have to do is just be like, oh, okay, well, what does that mean for you? So tell me what that means, and then just continue with your life. It's not like a you don't have to make that many adjustments for it. It's still a normal person. It's just you maybe don't send me links to dating websites or something. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Don't keep asking me, like, I don't know, why I haven't got a boyfriend or a girlfriend or who I think is sexually attractive because I won't be able to answer that question very well. So, yeah, just little things like that. Um, yeah, it doesn't involve that much of an amendment, but people <laughs> do seem to struggle with it for some reason. Yeah. Ignorance, you know, it all boils down to that. Well, yeah, the unknown. I think, and I think with anything that's unknown, it's way. It's be curious. Don't assume and try to figure it out. Like what I'm hearing you say is just really be curious and ask questions and educate yourself, like we're doing, right? (laughs) And I think it's also that like people can't wrap their minds around it. Like, what do you Mm. mean? Like, you're supposed to marry Prince Charming. And have babies. And if you live your life contrary to that, something must be wrong with you. And we want to, what's wrong with you? And we want to like diagnose it. And like you said, it's just like allowing ourselves to understand people in a different way and break down what society tells us is the way to do it and be in this new age thinking, which is like, how are these people doing it? How are people living their lives? And understanding there's not one fucking way to live it. And I think it's pretty across the board If for anyone who's single and you show up to family events and they're like, so when are you going to bring around Mr. Right or yeah. Mrs. Right? Where's your wife? Like, that's so rude anyways. Yeah. Asexual well, or not. Asexual it's, or it's not. It's obnoxious as fuck. Yeah. 
Good lord. I know. It's weird. I also always found it really weird, like the age where people start doing that. Yeah. Like I like I remember I probably a second like you hit puberty, it's like, oh well, she must start being interested in boys now. And then it's like, oh well it's great that you're not. But then after a while it's like, okay, now it's weird that you're not. So it's like you can't win either way. Yeah, totally. I think people do it too because they think there's happiness in that and they want the other person to be happy. But with a over 50% divorce rate, I'm not sure anymore if that <laughs> yeah. is happiness, mm-hmm. you know? But let me tell you, I'm a little bit um, jealous of you, actually, because if I could pick moments in my life to be asexual, I would be so hyper-focused on what I'm really supposed to be doing. <laughs> You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes when you have sex or you're in a new relationship, you just want to have it all the time. Yeah. And that's all you can think about. But being asexual is like like being on Adderall. Like you're like, you're <laughs> hyper focused on your own shit. That's yeah. probably so good. <laughs> well, and on the reverse end of that, do you, do you ever feel like you're missing out? Um, no, because to be honest, like I just never really got the... I mean, I think sex sounds sex sounds appealing. I mean, I can get it in the same way I can understand why people like jumping out of planes, but I don't feel like jumping out of the plane. Um, that's a good analogy, so actually. Like, <laughs> that's how I that's how I think of it. I've never, I guess, because like I can, I've observed relationships. I kind of like I've always seen those being like a bit of a game because it's kind of like I don't know. You have to go through these. You enter the game. You, your status is single. Your then goal is to then find the partner, and then you find the partner, and then you have to keep the partner. So you have to do all these things and hold hands and perform these roles. And then I know you win like relationship points and you win if you get married and have babies and stay married. Then there's a divorce and then you don't like each other, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like all that. I mean, you could form like good friendships with people and get the same thing, I think. Yeah, that sounded terrible. I've never really felt like I'm missing something. I think I'm just saving myself a lot of time, to be honest. Dude, I know. I'm kind of enrolled, honestly. Uh, um, Well, but but what is, so that sounds amazing. That's kind of, is that kind of like, would you say that's like the best part about being asexual is like all the time you get? Or what's the best part about being asexual? I get, I do feel, I do feel like it's less time and it's less work because I know people who are single and it like, sometimes it stresses people out. Like some people, if you're single and you don't want to be single and you're constantly trying to search for that person and you're going on dates and it's not working and you're wondering is this me what's wrong with me you're trying to change yourself and I'm like this is that's a lot and that's before you even get the relationship like who's he texting what's going on where are you and I'm like this is like like I feel like I can live without that I've got to I can just do other things yeah yeah for me I think that I mean, there are some asexual people who do still date, so they do still have that problem. But for me, as someone who doesn't, I'm just like, yeah, I think I think it, it works for me. What about making out? You're not digging that either? I mean, I know some asexual people who do kiss and stuff, but I've never liked the idea of people's faces being near my face. <laughs> I don't know why. I think that's just like my own thing. I've never like... I remember when I was like little... Like, I, like, play kiss people just to see what it was like. And I was, like, kind of wet, warm, not into it. Um, and, yeah, and, like, I don't know, as an adult, I just don't like people's faces being too near my face. So the idea of, like, faces have so many sensors. You have your eyes, your nose, your mouth. I don't want to have to feel, like, it would be very, like, all-consuming and, like, uncomfortable, I think, for me. <laughs> so I, like, conceptually, I get it. But for me, I'm like, don't put your face near my face. <laughs> 
what about um, kids? How to? Oh, I'll, I'll make those somehow. I'll work on that somehow. So you're interested in being a mom? Yeah. So would you would you be interested in having would you be interested in having like a a partner in doing that or how would that work? I mean, most people who have kids hoping there's going to be a partner to raise them with doesn't usually work out in my observation. Okay. No offense to the pregnant person now, but like, um, I mean, there is another fifty percent, but you know, (laughs) I could have like I don't know. Some people are in like kind of weird platonic relationships they call them where it's like it's not romantic but it's still like like i know asexual people raising kids with friends and stuff yeah they're like third parents and stuff you get all the benefits of divorce without any of the messy stuff it's like you get the kids every other weekend and no mess yeah no drama no tension no dislike just yeah so i think there are ways around it nowadays like you don't think you have to have like the traditional like married with kids scenario because it doesn't always work anyway, so. Let me ask you, would you consider IVF then in vitro? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I've never really thought about how I'd actually make the baby. I've never really thought about that part. Um, I mean, I guess I could do it the old-fashioned way if need be. I mean, it'd be cheaper. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, you know, going back to this, you know, you, the make-out question, and this is not something you do. You know, I love a challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual. I'm also very attracted to gay men, so I don't know what the fuck I am. I could be omnisexual, and <laughs> I find myself so attracted to you because you're just like this hard to get person. It's like <laughs> fuck. Like, what do I need to do to like get up on that? I'm just kidding. I don't mean to be a. <laughs> She's not kidding. Sugar's but such a guy. Sorry. We apologize. For <laughs> we're sorry. She doesn't. She means it, but we're sorry. With love. It's all love. Yeah. I've had that reaction before. <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> Oh my God. It's like the ultimate challenge. Um, so you know, thank you, thank you so much for for coming in, and I, I definitely feel like I've I've learned more about this subject matter, and I feel like I'm way more well equipped if I'm ever to encounter or make you know befriend an asexual person. Like, thank you for your the advocacy work that you're doing. I guess if there was just one thing that you'd really want to leave our listeners with for us to go out there and really make a difference for the asexual community, like what would that be? I mean, my goal is just to normalize it, just to show people that asexuality exists, that there's nothing weird about it. It doesn't make you a weird person. It doesn't make you a damaged person. It doesn't make you someone who isn't nice. It's just an orientation like all the others. It doesn't reflect on your personality or anything. And yeah, just like respect it and get used to it because it's around. So that's the... Well, you that's are... I like to leave you are, people with. You are definitely doing that and you are... I just want to say, because the listeners can't see you, that not only are you gorgeous, but you really represent like charisma Mm. and beauty and sensuality. And you just have a lot of wonderful energy. And I'm so happy that you're happy. That's the most important thing, right? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, and so for those of our listeners who would like to, I know that you have you have a YouTube channel and an Instagram and a documentary that just came out. So where can where can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, share all your socials with us. What's the best way for them to support um, your cause? Uh, well, my my Instagram and my Twitter have the same name, which is the Yasmin Benmar. So that's T H E Y A S M I N B E N O I T. My YouTube is Yasmin Benmar. Um, pretty much type in Yasmin Benmar and you'll find me. 
Um, the documentary I did is called Life About Sex, not my choice of title, but um, it's by Sky News. So if you type that in on YouTube, you will find it. Um, yeah, that's that's my main that's my main link. Awesome, okay. awesome. Thank you, thank you so much. This was um, such a just such a you're such a, a pleasure, and I, I you know we'd love to obviously have you on again at some point, and um, just thank Ooh, you yeah. for taking time. Ta- <laughs> thank you for being up at two in the morning to do yeah. this with us. Yeah. Yeah, and and like like Tamiko said, you're just such a beautiful goddess out there doing amazing work and living your truth, and that inspires the shit out of us. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again. Only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.